Welcome to the June episode of the Crossroads Forum. I'm your host and Build Indiana Council Executive Director Brian Gould. Joining us on the pod today is Indiana Constructors Inc. President Richard Hedgecock. Richard, thanks for joining us today. Hey, hey, Brian, how are you? Good, good. Well, we hope you all had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Beautiful weather of weekend here in Indiana for the race and what an exciting finish it was. Richard, I know you guys were out at Fast Friday for ICI events. Are you a a big track guy yourself? You know, it's funny. I was just talking to, to Dan Osborne in our office about this today. You know, I came here seven years ago and I remember as a kid, you know, I remember in particular painting the house one Memorial Day weekend and listening to Gordon Johncock win the Indy 500 on the transistor radio. But it was, you know, it was always kind of removed. It was a little bit, you know, what's that kind of all about? And then you get here and you realize it's this whole month of stuff to the point where our yard is now covered with checkered flags. I put up a (laughs) welcome race fans banner this week. I mean, We've 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 gone all in. All chips are in at our house on Indian and IMS. So I'm I'm a bad Hoosier. I it's actually on my bucket list. I've never actually been to the race. I have I've been to dozens of Fast Fridays, dozens of Carb Days. I've been out to the the track for practices. I played golf inside the track, but I haven't actually made it to the race yet. So I feel like every year I get a little more grief about it. So eventually I'm going to have to pull the trigger and get out there. I sent a I sent a video from Fast Friday to four or five of my buddies from high school growing up and they it just blew up into this long chain of on my bucket list always yeah, wanted yeah. to do it is it right. still and I said you guys you don't you're all from Oklahoma and live here and where elsewhere whatever but right. you don't get what it's like yeah two things you don't get what it's like when uh, dude is singing back home again in Indiana and the flyover and all that. I mean, it is all that pomp and stuff is unbelievable. And yep. then, and then Fast Friday is great. It's one thing. Yeah. But then when you're actually at the track and those guys are screaming around three wide coming into those turns at 200 miles an hour instead of just one at a time, it's a, it's a, it's a different deal, Brian. You've got to oh, yeah. do it. Absolutely. Yep. Well, hey, so speaking of checkered flags, it was just a few weeks ago, the Indiana General Assembly wrapped up the legislative session, waved the checkered flags, and then we were right back at it, taking our our big delegation out to Washington, D.C. for the Transportation Construction Coalition fly-in. I had a really good group that came out there this year, some, some excellent meetings with our delegation, left them with some action items. Richard, kind of what was your take on the fly-in this year? Any Any other big thoughts about it? You know, having come from other states and been a part of different Washington, D.C. visits over my career, I got to say the Indiana delegation, I say delegation, I don't mean congressional (laughs) delegation, the Indiana delegation of visitors that go up for the fly-in, it's always extremely impressive to me. You you guys do such a great job of getting people organized, providing the right talking points, getting all the right meetings set up. I mean, it is a well-oiled machine and, and it is, it's always worth it. I was, I was really impressed this year with a year that you would think you didn't really necessarily have a lot to talk about, but we had a lot to talk about and, yeah. and our message was very well received. 
Yeah, you know, and to that point, I felt like not only was our message well received, they 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 actually took a good look at the data this year where we're showing Indiana's not been overly successful or really even quite successful on the discretionary funding side. And it seemed like everyone kind of coalesced around the concept of, all right, it's time to do something different. We need to get our entire congressional delegation together to move in a different direction. And not only were we able to kind of keep them focused on that, I know several of us left there last week or two ago thinking, boy, you know, we didn't hear as much political banter as we typically do in some of those meetings. I think maybe we've gotten over that hurdle where they feel like they've got to kind of one side bash the other. It was much more focused on our issues this time. And it was good to come out of that where I had several of my meetings where, you know, the the legislator at the end kind of said, all right, here's here's what you guys say you need, one, two, and three. Yeah, that's exactly what we want to come out of those meetings. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I was worried with the debt ceiling discussion. Yeah, that that was going to move into a political steer those conversations toward the political, and it just did not. You're absolutely right. Even in my meetings, same experience. Congressman Baird, when we showed him the numbers on discretionary funding, you could see the light bulb go off in his head. Like, you know, you're kidding me. This is how poorly we do. And he kept going back to it, kept going back to it. So yeah, they heard, they got the message for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's tough in a state like Indiana because our state general assembly, our governor Holcomb, they have done so such a strong job of having a state revenue plan in place that provides our needs for infrastructure. And it's almost like we get punished on the flip side where the feds That's says, right. well, you guys are doing fine. You don't, you don't need this money for these programs. So you know, we'll we'll talk more about discretionary funds and where we're going to go in the future on that in a, in a couple minutes. Let's talk a little bit also about, you know, take it back a few weeks, the end of the legislative session. That's really the primary reason I was wanting to bring you on today as a, as a, a guest with us is ICI and BIC. We have separate issues in the state house. We, co- we coalesce around certain ones, but there were definitely some ICI sp- specific issues that got over the finish line this year that were huge successes. One in particular, you and, and ICI have been working on for years and years. So can you talk to us a little about kind of the work zone safety bill that got passed this year? So, yeah, we typically find ourselves when it comes to the legislative session, letting the big team kind of take the lead because it seems like on the proactive issues are typically about funding and we don't really have much to do on the proactive. We find ourselves in a typical year playing defense, making sure that laws on bidding processes or labor issues or whatever are not messed with and trying to stop bad stuff. Yeah. That being said, as everyone knows, we have been pursuing a automated speed enforcement bill for the last now five years. And just when I was getting ready to throw in the towel and think this was never going to happen, Representative Pressel and Senator John Ford both carried the bill across the finish line. It was it was amazing, and it was extremely gratifying to see that you can do this in what's defined as a red state by most people, that right. you can make your case on public safety and protecting people, and, and you're not trampling on others' rights which I think is what the the red state argument has always been. So we're the first state to do that, first red state to pass it, and uh, very excited about it. NDOT is now in the process of starting the, put the pen to paper on figuring out how it's going to be implemented. I don't see, believe we'll see any 
systems out on the road until next construction season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be an exciting time getting it all all put out there. So we couldn't have done it without VixHelp. You guys helped us carry carry it through. We had built a pretty good coalition. I had a lot of people concerned and working on it, and we showed them it could be done. Right. So another one that you got tackled this session, and interestingly enough, I was talking to a mayor yesterday at an event who happened to bring up some of the bidding challenges they've had the last two years due to inflation costs going up so quickly. And he was talking about, he goes, you know, I was looking just last week at in-dot bids. You know, there's still so many of them coming back that are no bids below. We made some serious headway on that this legislative session as well. You want to talk about that? So we have regularly seen now 50% basically on a regular basis of the of the jobs that are put out in an, in an in-dot letting come back no bids below. And uh, it was clear that we had not kept up with the numbers that are in statute with regular inflation, much less the hyperinflation that we've seen over the last couple of years. So working with the department, we put in some updates to, to, the, to the methodologies by which the department can approve jobs that don't meet the no bids below criteria. Because let's face it, they are forced to use numbers that are never going to be what the market reflects right. in real time. They have to use, you know, numbers that have been approved and by the feds. And so they're, they're, it's always going to be lagging. Those numbers are always going to be lagging. So we made a couple of changes, reduced from the number of uh, required bidders from four to three. And then we also increased the base level of a, of a minimum job to be approved from one million to three million. Those two things alone, we believe will mean about a 60%, about of the 50% that don't make it, about 60% more of those should be approved going forward. Yeah, that'll definitely take a lot of pressure off, that's for sure. One other big issue, and this was kind of a, maybe more of a big issue than an ICI, but another another big issue, and we'll, we'll probably, I'm sure, have a podcast on this and plenty of coverage this summer, was reestablishing the the funding Indiana's roads for a stronger, safer tomorrow. The first task force. This was the task force that was formed seven years ago, which is hard to believe it's been seven years. But this was the task force that was formed, met over a two year period to come up with our long term infrastructure plan. And we're we're getting the band back together uh, this summer. We're going to see the task force meeting a couple times. Vic is doing some work with a, a working group, an internal working group, to kind of get our our coalition back together, get our plan put back together, you know, and that's just another great takeaway from the legislative session. One that kind of keeps the ball moving, keeps the conversation going, and will really get us ginned up to go into a a big infrastructure year next 2024 legislative session, possibly as well. So that's awesome. More to come on that. Yeah. Another, another nice victory at the end of session. Yeah. You were going to have a nice quiet summer, weren't you? You know, I thought so. And all of a sudden, (laughs) yeah, in a matter of a couple of weeks, the entire summer disappeared, but that's all right. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about a couple other things ICI has going on. I know uh, Eric Fisher's got some big stuff going on with teachers in a couple of weeks, ITT, some other big ICI events. You want to jump into that, kind of share some some big things happening? So right before COVID, our board of directors had a had a strategic planning session. And one of the things that was identified was workforce, obviously. Yep. Right. We kept struggling with that for a couple of years, trying to figure out what was our role, what was our place, what could we do to help build 
uh, workforce create more interest in our industry, particularly for young people who weren't planning on going to college? How do we capture those people to show them that our world is one where you can build a career, not just have a job? And after beating my head against a wall, trying different approaches for a few years, we finally stumbled upon Eric Fisher, who many of you have met, who was the construction teacher at Hamilton Heights High School. And Eric created on his own a civil construction pathway that he then got approved by the State Board of Education, his curriculum, and automatically, overnight, saw enrollment and interest in his program increase, saw outside involvement from the private sector increase. And he took that on his own while he was still teaching in Hamilton Heights to two other programs uh, in Indiana. So I went to him eventually and said, Eric, you're wasting your time teaching school. Come, <laughs> come be an evangelist for us and build these programs across the state of Indiana. So really excited about what we've got coming up on the week of June 5th. We have a dozen teachers coming in from across the state, either current uh, civil construction pathway instructors or ones that are going to be offering it next fall who are coming in for a week. We've got sponsors like you wouldn't believe because there's so much interest in this right. program. We've got people who are putting these people up for a week in downtown hotels. We've got organizations paying for every meal. We're taking them to a baseball game. We've got, we're going to show these people how important they are. We're going right. to take them on field trips to, to a mine. We're going to take them to a clear path. We're going to take them to a local project. We're going to do, we're going to do a surveying exercise on the Capitol lawn. I mean, we've got oh, all kinds yeah. of stuff lined up. And to, most importantly, Brian, show these instructors all of the resources that are available to them and do Absolutely. not hesitate yeah. to say, call on these people. Right. We want yeah. to help you. We yeah. want you to be successful because we want those kids. Yeah. So we're very excited about that week. Eric's done a great job putting it together. Our partners at NDOT are helpful in that they are they are sponsoring a federal grant that gives each of these teachers a stipend to attend. Yeah, it's really, really great. The whole thing, it's going to be a great partnership, and we're going to be really busy up here on the week of June 5th. So thanks for asking about it. Yeah, definitely. As far as ITT, we have some ongoing meetings going on in different regions. I know that Greenfield and Laporte both have meetings on the agenda coming up. If you are in one of those areas, we highly encourage you to participate. I can't think of any other place where you can be with the people that you typically look at as antagonists, mm -hmm. whether as one of the three legs of the stool, either the department, the design community, or the contracting community. Yep. Where you can sit down in a in a non-confrontational setting and build relationships, have conversations, develop those types of opportunities so that when you do have hard, hard discussions that come up on a job, you now have built a, a way to break through those sorts of things with a with an ongoing dialogue with people you know. Yeah. So yeah. I really encourage people to take part in those things when they come forward. And then after that, as far as ICI. Brian, we've got our two regular golf events, summer golf events, the LDC golf event on the 2nd of June, the big member-wide event that sells out two courses every year out at Pebble on July 25th, and then our 
always growing and continuing to be successful LDC retreat. We mm -hmm. had, I want to say, 80 people participate last year. We'll be at French Lick on July 27th through 28th. So our, our summer yeah. also is going to be busy. My, my golf game has been a process this year. My golf clubs made it from the basement up to my garage for about progress. Weeks. They got in the truck this week and I'm um, hoping to get out on the, the links here in the next couple of weeks. So that's great. So I want to talk about, I want yeah. to hear you talk about IAJA and discretionary funds. I know yep. we talk a lot about that in the office. So kind of bring right. people up to speed on that. Yeah. So, you know, again, kind of going back to our, our discussions we had with our federal delegation out in DC a couple of weeks ago. You know, we saw the big federal infrastructure bill that was passed a few years ago, and it was a huge increase, you know, reauthorization of FAST Act. We knew a lot of the dedicated funds coming to Indiana. We were going to see an increase there, but we also saw a significant increase in the percentage of money that was allocated for the discretionary program. And it went from a 5% to 10%. And what we've really seen with that, and it was, you know, fully expected was we basically well, we've moved away from earmarks in Congress, we've now given a lot more authority to the current administration to decide which projects they want to select. And as we expected, what we saw the first couple of years, a lot of big projects being selected in blue states, blue congressional districts, or some battleground states, Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. What we also expected was Indiana was probably going to be pretty low in the totem pole initially. So yes, the data backs that up. Uh, Indiana has not been overly successful where we would typically had this money just gone through the formula like we would request it to Indiana would receive about 200 million additional dollars every year. So far the first two years of the infrastructure bill we've received about 23 million dollars for road infrastructure projects so we're now falling behind some US territories when it comes on a per capita basis. So it was great to, as we shared this data with our congressional delegation, they were all on board saying, all right, it's time to get everyone on the same page here. INDOT has taken some great steps to say, look, we're going to identify some, some large-scale projects. We're going to work in a bipartisan approach, and we're going to tailor some of these projects to what we know the current administration is looking for. So we've got kind of a pipeline of projects now that are out there. Grants are going to be submitted in the next couple months. And we had a lot of success really getting our congressional delegation to understand, all right, we've got to support project one, even though it may not be in your district or may not even be in your corner of the state. But in order to get that project in your district done, these are the priorities. And we've got to make step one happen before we can make step two and three and four. So, you know, again, a lot of positives that came out of that from our, our visit out to D.C. It's amazing what just, you know, we were there 36 hours. We got, you know, anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour of FaceTime with them. But meeting them there in D.C., sharing the information and the data, it's going to go a long ways. You know, people have heard me say it a zillion times, but government responds to a crisis. And to, yeah. your, to your point earlier, when we go in with a message of, we're doing great. We take care of our own. We do our own thing. Yeah. We're in good shape. We can build it. No worries. We'd love to have some federal money, but we're doing good. That doesn't sell ultimately. And, no, and right. Yeah. We have yeah. to be able to, we have to come hat in hand and say, yeah. and the fact that we can now show we're 57th to 57th, I don't know how it gets any more crisis than yeah. that. Right. Exactly. So I mean, when American Samoa is kicking your butt, you're in trouble. That's for sure. That's for sure. So, 
you know, a lot more to come on this. I think we're going to hopefully over the next two to three months here, see a lot more progression on a couple of the projects that are in the pipeline. We're going to be working with our delegation over the next couple of weeks to get a letter of support for a couple of projects and also kind of a letter to Federal Highway to say, hey, it's time to take a closer look at this. There, there's no way that an Indiana should be coming in lower than America, Samoa, or Guam. So much more to come and hopefully some, some exciting news on some big projects happening in Indiana soon. As we close things out here, I got one parting thought for everybody. I would appreciate, we're about to be sending out our letters requesting support for the big pack. That's that time of year, as always, when we hit the summer months, we'll be out on the road meeting with our Indiana elected officials, helping support those that have supported the industry, those that supported shifting the gas tax money from the general fund into the state highway fund, those that supported an extension on indexing on the gas tax, work zone safety, the NDOT agency bill, a variety of the issues that we've supported. So keep your eyes open for those letters, other communication coming from us, requesting your support of the PAC. We make sure it's, it's used in a very wise, valuable way. And again, help support those that have supported our industry. You know, from the contractor standpoint, I'll say this. We, we, we build our book of business because of what happens at the state house. Yep. Absolutely. And we've been extremely successful as everyone knows, because everyone is busier than they, they sometimes <laughs> probably care to be. Right. But that doesn't happen without legislative support. You know, I get requests from legislators for, for contributions sometimes through ICI. And I tell them we do our fundraising through BIC. Yeah. BIC is what represents industry. So if you're a beneficiary of this, there's no reason why you aren't participating. You don't have an excuse for not participating in our pack. It's, it's only going to, this stuff only happens because of that access and because of, of supporting our friends. So I highly encourage everybody to give serious consideration in making contributions to the big pack. Great. Appreciate the plug, Richard. Thanks for joining us on the pack today as well. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, thanks to everybody for tuning in, listening today. We've got an exciting summer on the way. Some great guests lined up for our summer podcast series. Check back soon to hear the latest and greatest on what's happening with road funding in the Hoosier State on the Crossroads Forum.